and welcome back to the Eminem Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger. Along with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. And today we're going to be looking at the top 20 wingers uh, in the NHL. We've combined left wing and right wing uh, to make it just easier, uh, which also makes this list a lot harder, I will say. Uh, there's already looking one name that I kind of forgot I'm um, just looking at past year's list. Uh, so if you missed our top 20 center list, we did that last week. Be sure to go check it out. I've been slowly revealing the list as the week goes on. Uh, let's first run down our top 20 list from last year, Chase. Uh, I will give mine and then I will give yours. Uh, I had Kucherov one, Rantanen two, Marchand, Stone, Marner, Huberdeau, Goudreau, Matthew Kachuk, Kaprasov, Panarin to round out the top 10. Then Pasternak, Robertson, Dabrinkit, Buchnevich, Ehlers, 15, Patrick Kane, 16, William Nylander, 17, Fiala, 18, Timo Meyer 19, Jordan Cairo, 20, honorable mentions, Ovechkin, Kyle Connor, Landis Cog, Forsberg, Giroux. You had Kucherov, 1, Rantanen, 2, Marner, 3, and then Marchand, 4, Goudreau, 5. Uh, Kaprasov, Matthew Kachuk, Robertson, Pasternak, and Stone as number 10. Uh, Dabrinkit, 11, Panarin, 12. Uh, Huberto, Svechnikov, Pavelski is 15, uh, Ehlers, Sam Reinhardt, Nylander, Giroux, and Jesper Bratt as 20, and then honorable mentions, Ovechkin, Patrick Kane, Forsberg, Mangiapane, Meyer, Cairo, uh, and Bjorkstrand and Gensel. <laughs> um, lots of honorable mentions. Let's just get right into it. I had about four or five honorable mentions. This was a really tough list. I don't know about you, Chase. Uh, I found this list like extremely difficult to put together in all facets the centers even up top the centers i kind of knew what i wanted one two three this i could you could argue in my opinion about seven wingers as number one yeah i'm with you on that there was it's because uh, last year i think we were talking about a six or a seven tier i think one guy probably cemented himself one but like there are so many names especially as you get farther down yeah, just like that, from like 16 to 28 on my list, I feel not very passionately about. Like, yeah, I came up with a list of about 30, 32 names, which I would define as legit number one wingers, where, you know, because there is technically 64 first line wingers in this league now with 32 teams. Um, so, you know, I had a large list and I don't feel great about names that I left off, but like, I totally forgot about Bucinevich. So he's not on my list. Uh, I'll start with my honorable mentions. I have a couple. One is really cheating. Uh, I'll start with just two that I couldn't get in there. And that's Claude Giroux and Brady Kachuk, a pair of Ottawa centers wingers. Uh, I feel they're right around it. I just, I couldn't justify. I think could Brady maybe is one of those guys where you want to talk about uh, high floor, low ceiling. Uh, I could see him being in the 15 to 25 list uh, range on this list for like seven years, but I never really see him being above 15, if that makes sense. And Giroux just has, you know, continues his revitalization as a winger at, you know, 34, 35 years old now and still near that top 20. Uh, Kevin Fiala is another name uh, that I, again, really want in there, couldn't get in there. And Tyler Toffoli. Toffoli I bumped out just because unlike a lot of these guys on this list, if to me, if you think of Tyler Toffoli as the team's best winger, it doesn't feel like that strong of a wing corp. It could be, but like even the reason I love his fit now is because there's at least one name. I think you could almost argue two names on his team ahead of him on the wingers list alone, let alone the centers list. Yeah, absolutely. Because he has the numbers of it, to be perfectly honest. Yep, he does. And it's just. Maybe I'm baking age a little bit into there as well, because a lot of the guys I have out of them are are somewhat younger for sure, but um, he just missed out. And then I have two guys to injury. One, Nikolai Ehlers. I, I think he is probably a top 20, but he's been hurt so much that I just couldn't put him on the list. Yeah, I have Ehlers on mine. I, I dinged him relative to where I think his like genuine talent level is, though, because I think, I think he's in like the top 15 pretty comfortably if he plays healthy. Yeah, I mean, I have his, you know, comparable up in that 10, 11 to 15 range, and that's usually where he is as well, but we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, and then this one is absolutely cheating. I will not deny it, but I wanted to make my list a little easier. I have Mark Stone as my honorable mention, purely because we've already heard rumors he probably will never play 82 games again. Um, if you're telling me what winger would I want for a six-week stretch, Mark Stone's in the top 20 of this. He's probably in the top 10, maybe even still top five, given that playoff performance. But I'm going to cheat a lot just because we have not seen him healthy for about three years now, and it doesn't sound like we're really going to see that going forward. I'm going to put him as an honorable mention, just acknowledging the health. Okay, that's fair. I have him fairly high. I dinged him specifically because of the health. 
Yeah, I like if you're telling me pure talent, I think I would still have him definitely in the top 10, probably in the seven to 10 range, I would say, just eyeballing my list right now. But um, there were just so many names that I'm like, I'm going to cheat. I'll put Mark Stone in brackets IR on my honorable mention. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. Because, yeah, again, like, I mean, we saw it. He was plausibly the best player on a Stanley Cup winning team, but also. You know, if you're going by pure value over an 82 game stretch, he will not be on the top of those lists. Like you need yeah. a good team to get the best of a Mark Stone. Yeah, exactly. You need, you need Eichel and all the other guys just to get him to the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. All right. You what? Uh, who do you have for honorable mentions here? I had Skinner to Foley and Hyman. Hyman being okay. a sneaky one. Hyman was uh, much like RNH on the points for centers is way, way up there. And yeah, Hyman's not one I really consider my top 20, but that's an interesting name yeah. for sure. Cause his underlying oh. numbers definitely and- lay up there. Yeah. And Troy Terry. That's another good one. So that was, yeah, that was my honorable mention group. All right. So that's a rarity that, uh, I don't have any of those four in my top 20. You you have two of them, and it was the injured one, so that's uh, that definitely makes sense. Let's get started with the top 20 list then. Chase, give me number 20. I'm a little worried. I forgot something now. At 20, I have to bring it. Okay. I have him a little bit higher still. I didn't ding him quite as hard for the uh, mention, but he kicks off this list of from 15 to about 28. I was like... I think you can make a legitimate argument for any of these guys. And I have to bring it right at 15. Yeah. You're just kind of shoving names in there at some point. Like there's, there's so many guys that could all plausibly be in the same range. Yeah. I buy it. Yeah. To bring it down here. Wouldn't shock me if he bounces back. Uh, one thing that I do think got a little exposed with the Brinkett relative to a couple guys that I had higher, and this is going to sound pretty hypocritical given the guy I have 19th, but uh, he showed he's not as like anti-fragile. If the shooting percentage drops, a lot of his value can go pretty quick, which isn't true of some of the other guys, so I, that's why I did them. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I'm definitely betting more on the upside, I think, still here. His quote-unquote down here, he's still at 27 goals and 66 points in 82 games. Like, people made it sound like he couldn't shoot the puck to save his life this year, and he still almost hit 30, um, yeah. which is just kind of shows you the talent that he has. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he goes on Detroit. But, yeah, this is a guy where I, I think... I don't really see him moving up into that top 10 slot at any time, but if he's right in everyone's 11 to 20 wheelhouse again next year, because he pots 38 goals or whatever, I, I just wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my 20, I had a guy where I was not actually expecting him to even have on this list, but I just can't deny it is Clayton Keller. Oh God. I forgot Keller. He is a guy yeah, who Keller I should definitely be on. Never really thought about it in years past, but A, I'm giving him some of the benefit of the doubt. I was going to have him outside the top 20, but then I went, this dude put 86 points up on the goddamn Arizona Coyotes last year. That deserves an award within itself. Um, Over the past two seasons for forwards uh, in scoring, he's, I believe, in the top 20, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I am mistaken uh, as I'm trying to find his name. Uh, He's 35th. But that's including centers as well. When you take centers out of it, he goes to about 16th among wingers. Um, And that's left wing and right wing scoring over the past two years. Uh, Goals above replacement, again, in the same range where he's just been a very productive player on an absolute shit team. uh, And that is very impressive. Yeah, that is pretty impressive. And part of it, yeah, he should probably be higher in goals above replacement, but they build in team standing points to that and then multiply your values. So if you put him on the Bruins or something, he's probably way higher. Yeah, exactly. Like he is the prototypical player of, I want to see him on a good team because he feels like he could easily score 95 points or whatever, hundred points. Like Exactly. And honestly, even not even from, well, obviously from an untapped potential standpoint too, but just, Literally, if he did the exact same thing on the Bruins, you're probably looking at a guy who's like top 30 in goals above replacement over the past three years for forwards. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, he doesn't need to get better to do that. 
Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I have him just sneaking in on the top 20 list again. I think it's maybe a little unfair. To, if you want to argue he's up near 15, I, again, I probably wouldn't have a complaint. I think he definitely gets hurt by his team more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, all right. At 19, I have a jumbled list here because I mix these guys. I changed my order about seven or eight different times. Um, and I am just trying to remember. Yeah. Okay. So 19, I had uh, Jordan Cairo here. Uh, we decided he was listed as a center and winger. We decided to put him as a winger. Uh, I had Cairo at 20 last year. So he actually moves up one spot this year, which a uh, little funny because I didn't think he had the greatest year this year. He wasn't bad by any means, um, but he continues to just be kind of in this range of winger for me where very solid, you know, controlling play, not going to dazzle you too much with your points, like 73 points this year, 75 points last year. I think he's just kind of shown that he's going to be a 70, maybe on a great year, 80 point winger. And there's a lot of value in that. Yeah. Kyra makes a lot of sense here. Like blues are obviously, you know, not a president's trophy contender or anything, but Cairo and Thomas are sneaky, pretty good. And he's definitely in this range. I had him on the outside. He, could have easily been an honorable mention again. It's more of a tier thing, and he's definitely in this kind of tier. Yep, 100%. Who did you have at 19, then? At 19, I had somebody who I wonder if you left, don't have as uh, Tuck. Uh, I completely forgot about Tuck. I won't lie. Yeah, and honestly, I again, like it's a tier thing, but he's been really good. He has. Like, I, he... I didn't realize kind of falls into the range of like, I do want to see it for one more year. I think in terms of, especially with the point totals. That's fair. Um, Like he's always been a very solid player. And I don't like, so that's why if this is legit, it wouldn't surprise me, but like he went from even last year, he had 38 points in 50 games with Buffalo to 79 and 74. Like that's a pretty aggressive jump. I do want to see that one more time before I am very confident. Which is fair. And yeah, the big difference there is he's always been good, like a great play driver at 5v5. It's pretty obvious when you watch him. He's a, he's a legit play driver, but last year he popped off on the power play, which I think he's capable of doing again fairly confidently, but it's, yeah, proof of concept's always good. Yeah, he might be a guy too where he gets the opposite of what we were just talking with Clayton Keller, where he was on a good team for a while in Vegas, but he obviously wasn't in power play one time or anything. And now he, yeah. you know, he's beloved in Buffalo. He might get power play one time. And that team looks like they should actually be very good again. So, um, you know, we could see his value skyrocket just by getting more of a role on a good team. Absolutely. I think by goals above replacement, he's the best saver. That wouldn't shock me. Um, yeah, obviously. but just... Tage's breakout's going to do weird stuff looking at like three-year averages and whatnot. But yeah, I think he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. At 18, I have a guy who very similar to another guy that I had on my centers list uh, up in this range and also plays for the New York Rangers. I have Artemi Panarin, the power play merchant uh, on this list. He, this, where you rank him probably depends how heavily you rank points versus underlying numbers versus Age maybe even as well. I couldn't leave him off this list, fully acknowledging that at this point he's getting to like OV territory of, yeah, this dude is just a power play merchant and nothing else. But like he's still putting up 92 points as a power play merchant. And I don't think the Rangers have done the greatest job surrounding him with talent for that either. That's fair. I, f- I full on f- left Panarin off. Um Again, same general tier. It would be really interesting to see what he looked like on a team with help. Yeah, exactly. Like, and the reason I kept him on the list is that, uh, like, when I say his uh, underlying numbers aren't great, like, I think he he was ranked, I want to say he was 60 in the 60s, maybe. Uh, I'm just trying to find him for goals above replacement, 69th in the past two years for goals above replacement. Again, all forward. So when you move that to just wingers, it's probably about 35th. Yeah. Um, but like that just shows you the kind of range he's in right now. It is not the top range that we would have expected him to be. And if you go just this year, he was 60th among all forwards. So like it's definitely not the range that we would think of him in three or four years ago. Right. And, and I think the list still reflects that. I mean, even two years ago, um, we had him much higher up this list. Like you had him third and I had him second, 
there was no yeah, thought of that this year, right? No, yeah. not even close. If you use a three-year average of goals above replacement, which is going to favor old guys, not hurt them. Uh, some guys around them are like injured Jack Eichel, injured Kucherov, Brat, Niederreiter, Kairu, Mangiapani. Like, it's just not the territory that I think a lot of people associate them with. Yeah, Matt Duchesne's another name right there. Like Pierre-Luc yeah. Dubois, right? Like, it's... yeah. But- Shifley, who's kind of a similar mold of player at this point. Yeah, exactly. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is Panarin's last year on this list, but still as an almost 100-point power play Burchin, even if that's just what he is, um, you know, it's kind of, it really does feel similar to Ovechkin of a couple years ago where even last year we both had him as an honorable mention where it's like, yeah, he still scores 45, but he does absolutely nothing else. I think Panarin's a little more rounded. Like he's he's got a bunch of assists, obviously, and I still do wonder if, yeah, they gave him a little more help if he could do a little more. But uh, it's pretty clear that he is not the top, top tier winger he used to be. Yeah. And it just generally like looks like he has more like Ovi obviously plays like a freight train or whatever. But just you can see with the way Panarin passes the puck still and whatnot that in transition, there could still be a wildly effective player there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Who did you have at 18? At 18, I had a guy. That I don't know if this is way too high or way too low. This was probably the weirdest guy on the list. I had Jared McCann. I had him at 16 and I had the exact same problem where I had him at 20 to start. I was like, I could put him up to like 15, but that felt too high. And I settled on 16 with the exact same uneasy feeling. Like his goals of our replacement is like top 20 and whatnot. But I mean, his team does not. Like, he's been to multiple teams where he's done this, and the team just completely does not believe in him. Like, I think he was, like, ninth in playoff ice time. Yeah, he was on the third line. Yeah, and that's a very analytically driven or focused organization. I don't know how much that plays in the lineups, but, like, I don't know. The fact that he plays on one of, like, the stats teams and – they don't seem to trust him as far as they can throw him. And this isn't the first team that he's put up amazing numbers that can't trust him as far as he can throw him. I'm willing to hear an argument that the the, the gaudy underlying totals are a little fake, even yeah. though he's still obviously quite good. He is the anti-Padaren. Um, like, it's the exact opposite argument yeah. where it's like, even this year, he's he popped off on points and he had 70 points in 79 games. He had yeah. 22 less points on our Tammy Panarin's down year, right? But uh, as he said, yeah. like he he controls play so well where he's on the opposite end of everything. He's up in the top 10 for goals above replacement basically any year you look at. So, um, yeah, I I would absolutely hear that. 60s are insane, man. Literally, they're nuts. And yeah, like I, I would hear an argument that maybe he should be a little more down, but I would also hear the argument that if you use him like a legit first-line winger, maybe you would just see his point totals go up to like 90 points or whatever. Yeah, because we've seen it before. Like Buchnevich was one of those guys where, you know, he had the amazing underlying totals, and then you play him more, and he completely pops off. Oh, would you look at that? You know, like it does happen. Yeah, 100%. So, um, no, I struggled with you. Like, I felt just as uneasy as you did with this placement. But, again, this does feel like the range that he should be in. And you putting him 18, me 16, given how different our list have looked so far, that feels fitting. Somebody's coming. Yeah, exactly. Somebody had to help us out. Yeah. Uh, all right. You, I, I have my 15, 16 into Brinkett McCann. I don't have my 17, but you don't have anyone from 18 up. So give me your 17 here. I have Samson Ryan. That's a, I, I'm not going to lie. I know I did have him on. He was in my, my top 30 and I, I, I left him off um, in terms of uh, the, the top 20. But I, again, another name where I definitely did put in some thought to it. Um, I kind of never know if he is a center or a winger, truly. Yeah, he's a weird one. And he had a really weird season. Like the puck just did not go in the net for him. Yeah, he was one of the more unlucky players in the NHL this year. Yeah. Like but you see he, it in the playoffs, he's still legit. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was one of the few guys whose point totals dipped from last year. Yeah, in a boost scoring boom. 
Exactly. So, um, yeah, that's not a bad one. I, he definitely, I think it's hurt kind of um, like a, a guy that I'll talk about up on the list a little more too, where, yeah, like I think of him almost as much of a center as I do a wing. And then that kind of hurts him on both lists. Cause I go, well, he's not a true winger. So I'm going to bump him down a little bit, but then also he's not quite good enough to be a top 20 centerman or whatever either. Yeah, exactly. And if we're going to use the argument against McCann, do have to bring it up for Reiner. He was playing on their third line a whole lot in playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yep. And again, like much like McCann, it was a very good third line. Um, and yeah. maybe not the one third you line would... being that good is a, one of the reasons they went as far as they did. Yep, exactly. And, and, you know, not a third line you would consider a normal third line, but a third line nonetheless. So Exactly. Um, at 17, I had another guy who had, I would say, a bit of a down year in terms of just like, I think his team doesn't really help with this, and they were very irrelevant this year too. Um, but he also just he had a he, he was he was riddled with injuries this year, is what it was, and that's Philip Forsberg. He only okay, that's had. Fair. I didn't know what to do with Forsberg. Yeah, he's a guy where I think you could bump him down if you really wanted to because of how hurt he was. He only had 42 points this year, but it was in 50 games played. Um, the reason I'm keeping him up on this list. And again, he's getting to the point where like he's been hurt so much. Like you basically have to just factor in he's not playing 15 to 20 games for you. Um, but he had 84 points in 69 games last year, and for years has been one of the best analytical wingers we have seen in the NHL. So I'm still leaning a little more towards at 28 years old, I'm hoping he can still put it together and be that 80 point winger that we've seen him be in the past. That's more than fair. The age is a little worrisome. Not that he's old, but like I'm with you. You probably shouldn't expect full season anymore. So I kind of dig them because a lot of the guys up here tend to be younger. So I just buy that they're more likely to hit that ceiling, even though Forsberg's ceiling is well into the top 20. Yeah, exactly. Like it's one of those things where, again, if he, if you told me he ends up just being a 60.4 because he can only play 65, 70 games in a year, that wouldn't shock me as unfortunate as that is. Exactly. Because it's weird how quickly guys get old. Like he's drafted 10 years ago or 11 years ago already. Yeah. And he like, still feels young to me. Yep, exactly. He was one of those guys where this is probably our fourth or fifth year doing lists. And five years ago when we started it, it was, oh, this is a spry young 23 year old who's, you know, only going to keep getting better or whatever. Yeah. He was like the up and coming fancy stats winger for a little bit. Yep. And, you know, it was a guy that we thought would kind of skyrocket up these lists and just never did. He was, um, honorable mention last year and then for both of us and that was it yeah he kind of kind of took the did he ever get pretty high nope i i don't think so like we we had him as honorable mention but because two years ago he didn't make either of a list because he had 32 points in 39 games he missed half a season in an already shortened season no and, yeah that's too and, bad he could never stay healthy because i feel like he could have done like the Nylander where you're waiting for him to put it together for a while and then he finally does Yep, but 48 and 63, 50 and 64, 64 and 67, 58 and 82, 64 and 82. Like, he's just kind of a 60-point winger, unfortunately. Which, again, value in that, but only so much. So, I, I do think it's a great player. Yeah, and, and the consistency is something that, you know, is is good to see as well. But still, I mean, there's he's a guy who definitely, this is the highest I think he's making on one of these lists. Like, I don't I don't think he's getting much higher than this. Yeah, unless there's a miracle run coming for him, which, I mean, hopefully there is, but I don't think it's particularly likely anymore. Yeah, I'd agree. All right, who did you have at 16? At 16, I had Nick Ehlers. Yep, that's fair. Again, right around the range, I I think he should be, um, if you want to just bet on him getting back to full health and everything. Yeah, yeah, Um, and I I actually don't know what the hell situation is like. I just, I buy the upside more than a couple of the injuries. Guys, and he is marginally younger than somebody like Forsberg. Yeah, he um like he just didn't play a lot, especially this year. Like he really struggled to get in. Um, because it was he was one where I made my list and I went through it, and then I was like, okay, yeah, it looks pretty good. And then I realized after I was looking at the past list, I went, shoot, I don't have Ehlers on here. Why did he not show up in any? Because how I do it is I take a one-year GAR sample, a two-year, and a three-year, as well as using one-year and two-year blended points. And the reason is, this year he played 45 games. Last year he played 62. And the year before that he played 47. 
Yeah, I didn't realize it'd been that long that he's been battling through everything. But yeah, yep. it's tough because he, he's so good when he's healthy. He's so he really is. Too. Yeah, and but he hasn't played eighty. He hasn't played more than seventy-two games since twenty seventeen eighteen, and he has only played over seventy-two games twice in his career. And he yeah. is in year eight now, or has played eight years. And again, if we're gonna ding McCann, we should probably ding everyone else who's true for. I don't think Ehlers has ever been used as more than a second line winger in his entire career. Yep, exactly. Should I, be, but yeah. yeah, I agree. Ehlers definitely feels like one more where it's been one coach for a large amount of the time, and we're kind of hitting our heads against the wall with that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely a, a fair point. If we're going to use it, you can some. see it where, like, obviously, speed's easy to to watch or whatever. But he's just such a transition monster. Like you can mm-hmm. see exactly why he's so effective. When you watch McCann, you know you're watching a good player, but you don't look and go, hmm, wow. that guy's top 10 in goals above replacement every year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, who do you have at 15 then? At 15, I have Jesper Bratt. Yep, that's another guy. I uh, I kind of forgot on my first go of the list, looked on as well, and then I was like, yeah, he's, he's in the range, but I'm going to leave him just off. Um, he was on my, you know, 21 to 26 kind of range there. Yeah. It's a bit of an upside bet, but I really do like him. I think he's a sneaky under like a sneaky part of my New Jersey was so, so good this year because he's a monster play driver and I'm not going to say good, but like he doesn't have horrible defensive results either for how good of an offensive generator he is. Yeah, he was the other name that I was kind of hinting at with Toffoli of like the reason I love him on New Jersey so much is that, I mean, there's going to be another winger, New Jersey winger coming up, obviously. But Jesper Bratt is another name that, yeah, if you want him ahead of him, I, I think that's a very fair argument, especially given age. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he he's one where it, it another guy where it kind of feels like there could be and like he's been back to back 73 point seasons, which is very impressive a 30 goal season this year. But there feels like maybe even another step where he gets like an 85, 90 point player. Oh, I could 100 percent see he puts everything together. Power play gets cooking for a uh, first season. Yep, absolutely. So, um, all right. Well, that is the top 15 or from 15 to 20 right there. Uh, so now the top 14 left, and this is kind of where I started another tier of guys. And I, I kind of thought maybe Debrinko was in this tier a little bit, I guess, looking at it. But this is definitely the official start of the tier of like guys I knew I had to have on the list. There's 14 names yeah. here. I was like, I have to have these guys on my list somewhere. Uh, and I'm going to kick it off with a guy who had a very, very down season, but I'm still bouncing on a bit of regression. And that's Jonathan Huberto. Oh, I forgot Huberto. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. That'll, that makes things interesting. Yeah. That so does. I don't know if I would have had him if I remember. I should have him, to be fair. He will be good next year. I was going to say, I think that the reason I have him at 14 is I don't think his, you know, two years ago of 115 is obviously reasonable, but 55 points in 79 games just isn't Jonathan Huberto either. No. Like and he like, had the biggest single season drop in points for a guy who played the same amount of games ever in NHL history. Exactly. And we got to remember, like, everything publicly is going to tend to underrate passers and overrate shooters because it's a lot easier to quantify who's who's getting the shots. Like, everything publicly probably underrates this guy. And he still looked absolutely amazing for a very long time. Like, there's still a lot to like there. Yeah. And so if you split the difference and he's an 85-point player, that's right in the range slash more points than anyone we've been listing on this list. And he has hit 85 points before in his career. You know, he had 92 is in 2018, 19, but he's been around an 85 point player and on pace for that shortened season, 61 and 55 as well. So that would have been well over an 85 point season as well. Um, yeah. As so, a just distributor, he might be the second best winger. Yeah. He is very much up there. Like his, his passing skills are unreal. Um, you know, and again, 85 assists last year or two years ago now, I guess, shows that. Um, yeah, I just don't think he can be as bad as he was last year. Obviously, if we're just looking at last year, he would be nowhere near up on this list. But given his massive tra- uh, track history or um, history of being, you know, a very, very good winger, like last year, item six, you had him 13. Two years ago, item six, you had him ninth. So, you know, he's been that kind of six to 12th kind of range, you know, in that tier of second tier, I would say player for a while. Again, I don't know if he gets all the way back up to there, but 
it's not like this was an injury either. Like with eight, it's this dude's not just cooked. I, I feel pretty confident in saying that. Yeah. And I mean, I think we, I think not having Daryl Sutter will likely help him. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Um, just, yeah, I think that'll help his play style a little more. Yeah. So, all right. Who do you have at 14? At 14, I had, I was debating going with my boy, but I went full bias and moved him up. I had Timo Meyer. I have him at 12. So I'm a few spots up, but right in the same range where I think there's a few kind of interchangeable names here. Yeah, that makes, that makes absolute sense. I think I had a three, three named tier right here. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was, uh, I'm going to see, be interested to see who the third name is, but I was kind of the same where three, maybe you could include a fourth in there, but uh, yeah, Meyer, um, I can't, he's just, he's one where I don't really see the, the ceiling being much higher than this. But again, if you told me he was completely off this list next year, I'd be pretty surprised by that. Exactly. Especially because he's getting a big upgrade in quality of teammate and whatnot. Like he sucked in the playoffs that I tried not to really weigh that all that much, but in a similar tier, I went with basically people who didn't suck in the playoffs because it's just a tiebreaker. But yeah, like Meyer's been here and even before he was like a household name, like he's been good or at least close to it for quite some time. And he just got a massive upgrade in quality of teammates. I think things are looking pretty good for him. Yeah, absolutely. And like everyone was disappointed with how he started in Jersey and it was absolutely slow, but again, like people were genuinely pissed off and he was still on a 55 point pace in New Jersey, which he will pick up from that. Oh, I'm sure he'll put up a point per game, be one of the 30 best goals for replacement players, have a nice looking RAPM chart. I'm sure New Jersey will be just fine. Yep, exactly. All right, who do you have at 13? At 13, I went with Willie. Me too. There's our first match of the oh, list. Let's go. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, again, like I, I kind of hinted that this is, I think if Ehlers is healthy, this is kind of the tier you'd have him in, 13 to 15-ish you know, maybe 12th if you really want. Um, yeah. Because him and Elander for a while until, you know, Ehlers unfortunately hasn't been able to stay healthy, but they've been neck and neck. And yeah, this is just kind of what Nylander has slotted in to be over the past couple of years. Last year, I had him 17, you had him 18. Uh, two years ago, I had him 15, you had him 16. So he takes a couple spots up from that to 13 for both of us. Um, but he's just been a reliable guy, you know, is going to put up 75 to 90 points depending on maybe how lucky he gets in a year and that's extremely valuable to have and if you want to bake it in unlike Timo Meyer who was really bad in the playoffs this has been a dude who other than maybe one playoff series always shows up in the playoffs exactly he consistently shows up in the playoffs and like one thing I like about Nylander relative to a couple other guys in this tier is Nylander can run a power play I think better than almost anyone on earth. Like he has a legitimate calling card skill that he's probably top 10 in the league at, which is pretty tough to see why. And like, I know some people bring up that he plays on a stack power play with Aiden Elander, but like, I think that's complete bullshit. You go back to the Tulski research. How do you predict a power play success? The zone entries. Who's the only player on the Toronto Maple Leafs that can ever enter the zone with the puck on the power play? William Nylander. Who can shoot and pass incredibly well? William Nylander. Like you just add in the transitional skills, the offensive upside. It's so good. Even if he, he gives it a little bit back defensively. Yeah, I mean, even just going back to the days of when he was on power play two for some reason in Toronto, like he still made that power play unit you know, look a lot better than it had any business to be in considered it had like Tyler Ennis and Jason Spezza on it or whatever. Yeah. Back when it was Jake Gardner, William Nylander and friends. I mean, I was screaming about it for half the playoffs. They didn't have him on the top unit, even though, and they would just get stuffed at the line all the time. And it's like, gee, wouldn't it be nice to have like maybe the best transition winger in the league to just be able to slot there. <laughs> I'm not an NHL coach, but <laughs> might've helped. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, who do you have at 12? Bush Nevins. Yeah, okay. I, I kind of totally forgot about him. Um yeah, again, same same range. Just a name that I uh I don't know why he kind of escaped me um in terms of when I was doing my my research for this, but uh um he, he was hurt again this year too, which kinda I think would obviously drag his uh yeah bar stats down and stuff. But when he's healthy, he's extremely effective. Yeah. Good to great play driver and even better at driving. 
like goals than he is at the underlying numbers and doesn't give as much back as somebody like Nylander and a couple of the wingers in this tier do. Yep. Uh, <laughs> he's funny. He's been a guy. I just looked all three years. Now one of us has forgotten him. Two years ago, I had him at 11. You have him as your last honorable mention, and I remember us putting him down because you forgot him. Last year, I had him at 14. You forgot him as well. And then this year, I'm forgetting him, and you have him 12. So he's been 11, 14, and 12 on the times he's actually made the list, and then we forget about him every other time, which uh, uh, very, very sorry about, but that's that's kind of funny. That is pretty funny. Um, but I would say definitely one of our bigger wins as a podcast, you know, we, we were high on him for a number of years and oh, yeah, getting to, yeah, getting to see him get an actual role and have success in it, um, in, in St. Louis has been a really good thing to see. The analytics community takes a ton of shit whenever anybody with a nice REPM chart on a third pair, uh, doesn't do well on a second pair, but <laughs> when you're right, the payoffs are so right skewed, like being correct on Bushnev, which is like a millions upon millions upon millions of dollars surplus of a win yeah absolutely not alone yeah all right number 11 again this is where a new tier starts for me where 8 to 11 and honestly this feels so low for the guy i have at 11 i think you could bump him up just even based on age of the guys and then three in front of them but i have johnny goudreau here and again i think some of this might be him having to play on columbus this past year is what drives him a little lower than the three guys I have ahead. But this is where you start to get in the category of, I could see any of these guys being the best winger for one given year. Maybe not over a three-year stretch, but I have Johnny Goudreau at number 11. Okay, item 10. And yeah, he's one season removed from being somebody who should have been a hard candidate, who's probably the best winger in the league. The upside's legit, but I don't know if he's old enough. He may never reach again. Um, He's young enough. He may do it again next year. Yeah, exactly. Like um, last year, we had him, you had him five, I had him seven. Uh, two years ago, you had him 11, I had him as my first honorable mention, so 21st. Um, and and that was coming off a down year two years ago as well. So, yeah, you know, you definitely, cooked. yes, yeah, you you were betting on his rebound and definitely got that absolutely correct. So, um, yeah, like I, I think he's, he showed last year that he's still a very good player, but again, he just, you know, he took a pretty dip, big dip in points as well because, you know, the quality of team he was playing around cratered but i don't see that quality of team getting that much better this year just with how young everyone is yeah exactly so i think everybody from here on in could plausibly be the best winger yep exactly uh who did you have at 11 at 11 so this is 11 on in playoff you have seven games i'd mark stone any of these 11 guys could be the best player on the planet for a month or whatever i didn't really know what to do with stone but I just kind of threw him at 11. So I have someone in my top 10 that you don't have on your list. Huh. This is going to be very, very interesting. Um, yeah, this is a fair spot for Stone, though. Um, I'm willing to bet there's one of two players that you uh, um, probably forgot. But okay. we'll get to that in a second. Uh, so... You have t- t- you have ten as well. My uh, eleven through twenty is Goudreau, Meyer, Nylander, Huberto, DeBrinket, McCann, Forsberg, Benarin, Kyrou, Keller. Your eleven is Stone, then Bujnevich, Nylander, Meyer, Brat, Ellers, Reinhardt, McCann, Tuck, and DeBrinket. Uh, before we dive into the top ten, we'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors at Athletic Greens. Their signature AG One is the highest quality ingredient, strict manufacturing standards, and is made of seventy five of the highest quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source nutrients in the world, as well as manufactured to the strictest quality standards. It's even NSF certified for sport a robust uh, certification process that involves ingredient and finished batch testing of ag1 simply follow the link in our show description to get started today all right so number 10 and i'm wondering i think it's going to be one of the next few guys here and i i think it might be the guy at nine but we'll see i have steven stamkos at 10 though okay i have steven stamkos eight okay yep so same range for sure um, where, uh, he also, he's the guy where I kind of alluded to earlier. I think he gets dinged a little because I still think of him as kind of a center. Whereas like his numbers are better than a few of the guys still ahead of him. But yeah. he also like, I don't know. I consider him not a pure winger still. And just, I kind of wonder how much of the value sometimes does come with playing with a guy like Kucherov at times as well, where I think, you know, he's obviously not as good as Kucherov or even Braden points is still a very, very, very good player where, 
you know, like that, that's, I think he kind of gets docked where some of his numbers might be top six, top seven, not 10 or eight here. Yeah. I figured out who I forgot. I had them on and messed up. Kaprasov. Okay. Yeah. So that was one of the names I, I was thinking about because I forgot him originally and went, oh, shoot, he's got to be my top. Uh, I'll, I'll wait to show you where I have him. But okay. Yeah. But yeah, Stamkos, I think he's like goals of our replacement are probably a little inflated by the fact that he doesn't have to be a driver at all. But I mean, he still has otherworldly finishing and passing talent. So. Yeah, how how can you bet against that guy driving goals for? Yeah, exactly. Um, number nine, I had a guy. This is who I thought you forgot because I forgot him originally because he was hurt for half this year. But it's Brad Marchand. Yeah, you have a nine. Yeah, I also have a nine. Nice. There's another match. Um, yeah, like he again still has absolutely the potential to be up higher on this list, but given his age and that he was hurt this year. And I mean, let's be honest, even when I, I had him one, two years ago, I had him three last year, you had him four last year and four the year before. But even then we were kind of going like, well, it's clear. He is a very, very talented player. How much of is it purely playing with Pasternak and Bergeron? And obviously we flipped that on when we talked about the others as well, but um, that's why I kind of bumped him down still a little bit because of that. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And honestly, mine, like, like I said, 11 on in could all be the best player, the best winger in the world for a month. I just kind of docked all the olds. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. Like, what? I don't know. Like, who's better, Pasternak or Marshawn? It's like, I don't know. Next year, Marshawn might be better, but I feel like it's just a better bet to go with the younger guys generally. Yep, absolutely. So, and, you know, obviously we'll get to this when we get to Pasternak as well. Um, it, this year is going to be the first test we actually get to see of like, hey, there is no Bergeron for a full year now. What do these guys look like? Yeah, I'm really interested to see because I think the power play will be fine without Bergeron for sure. Five on five. And then Marshawn's been a lethal penalty killer at times. Him and Bergeron together. That's the one where I'm specifically like, I wonder how much of that skill vanishes without Bergeron. Yeah, it'll be very, very interesting to see. So, all right. So you have eight and down. I don't have my eight given yet. Uh, and I, this is where I have Joe Pavelski, another old guy who, again, his numbers are top five for most of the stuff. I talked him a little bit just because purely of his age. Yep, I had him seven, same reason. You could argue he's been a top three winger in the league the past season. But again, if you're going to bet going into next year, give me some of the 25-year-olds over the 37-year-olds because Pavelski could legitimately be horrific at any given time. Yep, exactly. Um but and you know, saying that, absolutely great on him. I, I forgot him twice in a row. This is the first time I've had him in the past two years, That's which is funny. I, I, you know, why though? I, I do remember. I've considered him a center up until this year. That's why I, I asked yeah. you specifically because I had him on my center list two years ago for sure. I haven't watched enough to know. He plays exactly a bit of done. both, but when they use them to the ideal lineup, he's usually a winger. I think. Yeah, when they're at full strength, they and. Do especially now. Like I think two years ago, he played a little more center when like Rupe Hints wasn't what Hints is now, but yeah. now that they have Hints down the middle, they don't use them near as much. And um, uh, Wyatt Johnston as well. Yeah. Like, they, He's an annoying one too. When you're not watching Dallas stars games consistently, because there's only so many hours in a day, but um, like he took face offs a ton, even when he was a guaranteed winner. Yep. So you can't even like use that to gauge anything because he was taking a bunch of face offs in his San Jose days. Yep, absolutely. Swinger. Yep. So uh so you have him seven, so then my seven. This is where I have Kaprasov. So interesting enough, we probably do have the top same top six, uh or same six players in our top six, I should say. I would uh, probably put Kaprasov here as well. Yeah, like this is kind of the range where again, absolutely can be the best player uh for a given time. That being said, you know, he doesn't exactly have the point totals that other guys a little above him have. Um, and I don't know how much of that's really his fault either. Um, like again, his it's not like his team is the uh dynamo of offense. So the fact that he even had an 108 point season last year is absolutely incredible. Um, just that's amazing talent. But yeah, his overall game maybe just isn't quite to the point of some other guys on this list. Yeah, he's a funny one because he has better defensive results than a lot of the rest of the guys, but marginally so worse offensive results and i kind of wonder if on like if he's a a leaf or 
or something like that. I wonder or if he, he him and passed a switch. Yeah, like I wonder if they use they lean into more of the offensive upside, whereas the Minnesota system kind of, you know, nobody has bad defensive results there. Yeah, it absolutely wouldn't shock me. Um, but it's just you know we obviously can't know that. So I mean, still back to back forty goal seasons that is absolutely yep. incredible. Um, and he. Yeah, he's a guy where you had him six last year. I had him. I mean, I forgot him last year. Where on earth did I have Capers of? I had him ninth. Uh, and then two years ago, I had him 10th. So, uh, and you didn't have him on the list. I wonder if you forgot or just wanted to see another season of it. Because uh, I was definitely betting on upside two years ago with only yeah, 15 games. Also with Capers of, like, he's the best player on his team without blinking, which is not true of all these guys. So, like, he's been able to carry carry a team in a way that some of these guys, I'm yeah. sure they could, but they just haven't had to. And it's still a very good team too. Like obviously not quite a cup contender, but that's not his fault. He's yeah. gotten to this team where it's like, yeah, this is like a hundred point team most year or two years in a row. And he is the best player on it. Exactly. Like if he's, if he's on the lightning, he could win a cup kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Quite. So, all right. Uh, on to the top six then. Uh, who did you have at six here? Um, speaking of betting on the youngs over the olds, I put Kucherov here. Okay, so I have Kucherov up a little bit still. Um, I didn't dock him for age near as much, although I do think it's fair if you're projecting forward. I have him up at three, um, and I'll get into why after, but you can you can definitely just you, you go first. I respect that. Um, playoff series, life on the line tomorrow probably take him to to be honest um i don't expect him to play a full season and i do expect him to get marginally worse because of age so i just kind of knocked him because of that but yeah i mean i don't think i mean past is disgusting but he's such a ridiculous power play weapon like the shooting talent is otherworldly passing talent still good he still has good play driving metrics at five on five like there's pretty much everything to like with him yeah the reason i had him up at three and maybe i should dock him more because he is definitely not going to stay as healthy but we just talked about a dude in caps we had 108 point season uh two years ago over the past two years in scoring kucherov ranks 14th among all forwards and he has about 30 less games played than anyone around him yeah. He's 182 points in 129 games. Kaprizov's 183 and 148. Like if you take the centers out, especially that will take Drysaddle, McDavid out, and McKinnon and Matthews. Um, that takes four guys out, and we're we're including Sam Jose Wing, so we'll leave him in. But he goes from 14th to top 10 in scoring again, despite playing. He played a full 82 last year, and then only 47 the year before that, and obviously none the year before that. So he didn't show up in any goals above replacement stuff, but. 113 points in 82 games last year is still just absurd. Again, two years ago when they made their cup run, 27 points in 23. When they won the cup after playing, not the, he didn't play the entire season, casually puts up 32 points in 23 games for a Stanley Cup. Like he just, until I don't see it, I'm just, I'm going to believe that he is amazing still. That makes sense. And I probably should have been less confident in the fact that he's not going to play a full season given he just did. But yeah, like, he was the best forward on a team in the cup final for three straight years. Yeah. Those and, were three of the past four seasons. And then the four seasons still put up 113 points in 82 games. Yeah. And you know, he still would have been, you know, the exact same level of production if they went to distance. Yeah. He had six points in six games in the leaf series still. So, yeah, you know, like obviously a bit, bit of a dip, but. Because um, yeah. he didn't score much, if I remember correctly. No, he had one goal yeah. and five assists. And I think the one goal was in the blowout game. Yeah, because I remember a couple times being like, uh, Kucherov hasn't scored yet. This is not good. Because I just figured an onslaught was coming at some point. Yeah. Um, so he ranked first for both of us last year. Uh, first for you two years ago and fourth for me. So, again, like just showing that he absolutely does have the capability to be up there. Yeah. Um, all right. I had Jason Robertson six and I try not to bake playoffs into that too. Like again, people were upset about his playoff run. And I still remember it being like looking at the point totals and being like, wait, people are mad at this dude. Like he had 18 points in 19 games in the playoffs this year. And people were fucking pissed. Um, but he did have like one specials on it too. Like the in-game like skits about players was like, oh, he's invisible. 
Yeah, it's like, what are we doing here? But 109 points in 82 games. He definitely took a step down in the playoffs. I didn't factor that in as much. Um, to me, I just want to want to see it one more time. Um, he took a massive, massive jump this year. It's 79 points, 74 games. Every player I have ahead of him on my list has had that 100-point season or close to it for multiple years now. So I just want to see it one more time. If he puts up another 105-plus points again this year, like he probably is jumping up into that top three, top four area. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I have five, so same kind of thing. Just knock him for less certainty because everyone else above him. Exactly. He's done it way too many times to put somebody who's done it once over them. Yep, exactly. But again, if you're projecting forward, he's I, he is the youngest guy I have left on my list. So at 23 well, years old. Yeah, and it could go pretty well for him because like, he could have been a heart finalist this year very credibly. I don't remember if he was. I don't think he was, but yeah, he definitely could have been. And it, like, he is the youngest player on either of our lists. I'm just looking at it now. And by like yeah. a year or two as well. Yeah, like, like there's he, a not zero chance he's won at some point in his life in the near future. Yep, I could absolutely see that. So um, five, I have a guy who, again, I just, he kind of feels right around here. Um, and uh, he, at times, at times this year, he showed he was the best winger in the league, um, but doesn't quite have the peak that maybe others have had. And that's Mitch Marner. Okay. Yeah. I have Marner four. Same idea. Yep. So we're we're just yeah, one off around here. Again, if I put Kucherov down to six, we would have four matches probably. Um yeah, I get like just an extremely great player, solid defensive results. Uh he hasn't cracked a hundred points yet, but he's been ninety-four points, uh sixty-seven and fifty-nine games, which was a shortened so he, he was hurt there too, but shortened season of COVID. And then the real shortened season, sixty-seven and fifty-five. So another like high ninety point total, ninety-seven and seventy-two and ninety-nine and eighty this year. Like he's been he's gonna hit that hundred point total, but he hasn't like blown past it like a few of the other guys around him have. Um, but he's been just so consistent as a high nineties guy. You know exactly what you're getting, and that is an absolutely phenomenal winger. Exactly. And he does everything, which is somewhat infrequent at the top of this list too. Yep. Like he penalty kills as well. And, you know, relative, like pretty effectively too. So um, it's yep. not just like he's out there on the penalty kill. He's actually like making a difference. Yeah, exactly. And he's the, I, I think it probably should be Nylander, but he's the primary distributor on one of the best power plays the league has ever seen. If I remember correctly, it's the power play percentages. So yeah, he's, He's a good player. Some people have way too low on these lists. Yeah. And again, like he's right in the range for us that he's been last year. You had him three item five. So exact same thing. Two years ago, you had him six item eight. So we had him just down a little bit, but he's taken a step up since then as well and become just one of those most consistent players. Yeah. He's just wildly well-rounded. It'd be nice to see him do it in the playoffs one time. Yep, exactly. Um, all right. Number four. So you had Marner. I had Kucherov three. So your top three is open. I'm going to assume I have your guy. Uh, actually, I don't know where this guy's going to be for you. This is a guy I had two last year. We both had two last year. Uh, I have Miko Ranton in here. Okay, yeah, so three. So we'd be matching all the way up if I flip. Draw flip somewhere. Yeah, I, I think it probably will be uh, matching. Um, but, yeah, the, the, this, uh, again, almost nothing Rantanen could do about this. Like, he had a... Very amazing. So he had 105 points in 82 games. He took a step up from last year, but the players ahead of him just took a bigger step up. So there was only so high he could go. But this is a guy who remains criminally underrated, in my opinion. Like, obviously, I, I think people realize that he is damn good, but like people think it's the McKinnon and McCarr show and that's it. It's like, well, no, Rantanen is still right up there with points and like even in goals above replacement. He is a very He's strong when you look at. Yeah, in a two-year sample, he's ahead of McKinnon. In a three-year, I believe he is as well. Some of that, I think, has to do with games played. Like, McKinnon yeah, played, yeah. yeah, 20 less games in the last two years and 30 less games, I think, over the last three. But, like, again, there should be some value to you know that you're going to get this guy for 75-plus every year. Exactly. And, yeah, to the people that think he's a product of McKinnon or whatever, it's like the nice the nice thing about an, the avalanche from a statistical evaluation standpoint is somebody's always hurt. So if somebody was a complete product of one or the other, we would know by now. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, he ranked third among all right wingers in points this year, uh, only behind one guy that neither of us have listed yet and Nikita Kucherov. So um, just a phenomenal season and a, a phenomenal player. Uh, I would expect him to be kind of in this range again for a while. Exactly. And the defensive results took a pretty big nosedive this year, but I'm 
almost certain that that's because the the depth was falling apart and you just needed to lean into the offense from him, which he did. Yeah, it probably shouldn't be surprising that when he, instead of being a 90-point player with great defensive results, he turned into a 105-point player with not good defensive results. Like Exactly, which is exactly what the team needed to be. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right, top two then. I'm going to assume it's the same, but I'll give you my two. It's David Pasternak. Okay, so it is the same, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, so, yeah, let's do Pasternak here. Um, again, could have been, I can't remember if he was, but could have been a Hart Trophy finalist for sure. Uh, this year, like I think he was as well. I think you're correct about that. Um, just absolutely phenomenal season. Um, was one of the few guys that wasn't hurt for the Boston Bruins, and obviously was you know the Boston Bruins had one of the best seasons ever. Um, and 113 points in 82 games, 61 goals on the year, like just an absolutely phenomenal year. And this has been the first year where it's been very clear that it's like, like even last year I had him at. We both had him at, um, oh, sorry, two years ago, we both had him at five. Last year, I had him at 11, and you had him at nine, and we were both kind of like, we're just not really sure if it's him or if it's Marchand or Bergeron, and obviously a mix of both, but this was the first year where it goes, no, he is him. Yeah, he's a primary goal-scoring threat on one of the best teams in the history of the sport. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a pretty big accomplishment. Yeah, and playing, again, without some of the, absolutely amazing guys that we've known him to play with for like half the year. Exactly. You do see like, I, I'm not going to be shocked if his defensive results kind of, you know, take a little bit of a beating as the team atrophies around about like the scoring touches. So undeniable. He's, I don't know if this is true. He's probably the best goal scoring winger at this point, even over Kucherov, like more gravity on the power play and all that. Like when he touches the puck, it's just so dangerous at this point. Yeah, I mean, like he just threw up sixty, right? So it's that's a pretty fair <laughs> statement. Yeah, yeah. Did he win the yeah. rocket? Um, no, McDavid won it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's probably true. Because everyone, yeah, it was McDavid's bully year. If he's just like, oh, I got bored, I'm gonna go win the rocket this year. Yeah, yeah he had sixty four. Just yeah. a nutty number, but yeah, <laughs> that's Every time he touches the puck, it could plausibly go. That's unfair. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, like he's just, again, he's one of those guys where um, if the defensive results do nosedive a little bit, but he throws up 102 points or whatever, he'll probably still be top five on this list next year. Yeah, he'll be in this range unless something horrible happens. Yeah, exactly. And then number one, you mentioned a kind of off the top of one guy kind of cemented himself one. And I do think that is fair. Um I don't, I'm not as confident that he's going to be one again. Like we've had McDavid one for so long in centers, you know, defense, it kind of feels like there's a new number one on defense, right? Obviously with McCarr, um, you know, obviously no spoilers for next week or whatever, but like if McCarr's not number one in a given season, something went horribly wrong. Matthew Kachuk is one I'm going to assume on your list as well. Um, And rightfully so. Oh yeah, I stole Kyle Dubas's list, Um, and and rightfully so. Like he has been the best winger over the past two years, especially. Um, Again, this is just the the thing I love about these winger lists is it's so hard to project forward. I think Matthew Chuck will be in the top five going forward, but like the jump he has taken over the past two years has been absolutely insane to see. Yeah, it's been nuts. This is two years straight of him just breaking our APM charts. Like he's. He's pretty clearly at his best. A play driver like does not exist on the wing in the National Hockey League, and he's now done it for two different organizations. Like, there's just there's no questions left to be asked. That at his best, he is the best play driver on the wing in the league, and I don't think anyone even belongs in the same conversation. Yeah, so that's the big thing with him too, right? Is so even last year, it's funny looking at our list. I had him eight, you had him seven, which is a reasonable range. We, you know, after the season he had, we said we want to see it one more time, and he could shoot up this list. But we had Goudreau, I had him seven, you had Goudreau five. So we had Goudreau ahead of him, thinking that it was Goudreau doing more of the heavy lifting. Well, they yeah. both go to new franchises, and obviously Kachuk's was better than Goudreau's, but Kachuk continues the absolute dominance because we, you know, like the narrative last year was, yeah, he's probably not a 100-point player, but he's going to be a play-driving god who scores 85. He goes, nope, I am going to be a play-driving god, but I'm going to score 110 or whatever it was this year as well, whereas Goudreau dropped to about 86 and, you know, was still very good, but that's the difference of, 
One goes from the five to seven range down to item 11, item 10, and the other one goes seven to eight up to one on both of our lists and one with a bullet. Yeah, exactly. And why well, I think he cemented himself one so much is I, I would have pretty confidently had him one if Florida missed the playoffs and then he just went nuclear. So that, that's the thing is like, this isn't a hot take. I think this, yeah, I agree with you where let's say Florida misses the playoffs. That probably means Boston moves on as well. Let's say Boston yep. even goes to seven in round two or whatever. And Pasternak puts up 14 points in, in 14 games or whatever. Like it is probably a hot take to say after people just finished watching Pasternak, you know, play 14 to 21 playoff games or whatever, that Kachuk was actually better than him, even though Kachuk's team missed the playoffs. Whereas, yeah, now everyone probably has Kachuk won because the playoffs were so dominant on top of a dominant regular season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's just no questions left. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, that's our list. I'll run down them really quick. So I had Kachuk won, Pasternak, Kucherov, Ranton, and Marner, Robertson, Kaprizov, Pavelski, Marshan, then Stamkos to round out of the top 10. Goudreau, Timo Meyer, Nylander, Huberdo, Debrinkit, McCann, Forsberg, Panarin, Kyra Keller as my top 20. You had Kachuk, Pasternak, Ranton, and Marner, Robertson as your top five. Kucherov, Pavelski, Stamkos, Marshan, Goudreau, uh, and then Stone, Bujnevich, Nylander, Meyer, Brat, Ehlers, Reinhardt, McCann, Tuck, and Debrinkit. So thank you everyone so much for listening. We'll be back at you next week with our top 20 defensemen. And as I mentioned, if you missed your top 20 centermen, you can find that wherever you're listening to this podcast. Excuse me. You can find all my work at lastwordhockey.com. Chase's work on his Substack, which you can find through his Twitter at CMHockey66. And you can find me on Twitter at NHL Says and Stuff. Thank you everyone so much for listening. Hope you have a great week. And we'll talk to you all next week. Yeah.